Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 218, Seeing ADHD Through a Much Wider Lens with Lisa Inlow. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So in this episode, I have change coach Lisa Inlow with me talking about how her experience of ADHD has changed as she's seen more about uh, how our experience works. And I've been wanting to um, talk about this for a while. I think it seems like ADHD and, and similar issues are big questions that people have. Obviously, a lot of people... Um, are dealing with these neurodiversities like ADHD, autism, um, all, all kinds of different ways that brains tend to work that historically uh, and still, unfortunately, we're seeing these things were seen as problems. For sure, they don't necessarily mesh with how our societies and cultures and schools and workplaces and all of that are set up. And so the people who uh, whose brains work in these ways tend to struggle uh, fitting into society and kind of playing by the rules sometimes. Um, but I absolutely love, like, I don't know, it just really feels like that's shifting. It feels like people are are waking up. And again, it, that may just be easy for me to say um, because I don't, I don't know. But it looks like far less than five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, um, is there is there this stigma and this thinking that oh something's broken here something's wrong here i hope i think and i hope that we're moving towards seeing that there is no such thing as wrong or broken in any way that a brain or body or thoughts or feelings or any of that function there just can't be i mean that has to be some some made up classification system for what's right and what's wrong and I love how Lisa talks about this uh, with regard to her experience of ADHD. So like many people, initially it was kind of a relief to see, oh, this describes me. Like there's a there's something that describes my difficulty in juggling things that my friends seem to be able to juggle easily and things like that. Um, and there can be a lot of relief in a diagnosis, especially early on. And then often it seems to kind of take another turn where the relief is faded a bit. And then it's like, oh, but I have this. Do I have this? Is this who I am? Is this who I'll always be? And I love how Lisa talks in this episode about, you know, it was so genuine when I heard her say it. You'll, you'll hear when you listen. She's saying this from such a knowing. She's like, I really saw that so much of my suffering was was around these stories of what my future and my children's future were going to look like because of this diagnosis. And she says, and I just really saw very simply, there is no future. This has to be my mind making this up. So that's one of many truth bombs that that Lisa drops in this conversation. Um, I love how she also talks about all of this fast and heavy thinking that she experienced and maybe people with ADHD tend to experience. I mean, we all experience fast and heavy thinking, but to a different degree for sure. Um, For her, 
at one point kind of being in that and you can imagine, you can feel this feeling of like, oh my gosh, like my brain just won't shut up and there's so much here and it's changing all the time and I can't do anything with it. And just the feeling of overwhelm that would come from that if you think you need to sort through all that. Like if you think that all this stuff your brain is throwing at you is necessary and it gets you through life and it's and it means something and you need to pay attention and do something with it, that's terrifying. ADHD or not, but especially with ADHD, that's horrible. And she she shares how that felt and how she really started to see, no, that's just how my brain works. But I don't have to live by that. I don't have to pay attention to it or make sense of it. I'm lived by something bigger. So a couple things. Those are just two of the many amazing things that Lisa shares in this conversation. Um, so I really hope that if people are struggling with issues like this, and, and again, there's so many that are very common, um, that, that this gives you a new perspective. And if you know someone who's feeling stigmatized or really struggling with a diagnosis um, like this, please share this with them because there's there's so much freedom possible with no change needing to happen. I mean, nothing is broken. Nothing is wrong here. Hopefully the the system, the society and our education system and all of that will will catch up and change and be a little more flexible to deal with all kinds of ways that brains work. But for you to feel peace, for anyone to feel peace and just be who they are exactly as they are, nothing needs to change. It's just it's just seeing this from a different angle that can open up so much. So again, if you're struggling, if you know someone who is, share this conversation and please consider talking to Lisa. She's an excellent coach um, and she works with people with anxiety, which is part of what drew her into this conversation, but also around ADHD and, and many other things. So enjoy this conversation with Lisa Inlow. Hey, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I am too. I'm excited to talk with you about ADHD and your experience with it and um, and coaching people with it and supporting people kind of from this understanding. I think as you and I have talked about, I know you're really passionate about this, that this understanding we share is like just incredibly helpful in so many areas of life. And it and it tends to not be talked about or at least not yet so much when it comes to different Neuro, neurodivergent uh, things like ADHD. So I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this here. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So um, yeah. So maybe say a little bit about kind of your experience with ADHD and how it's changed over the years. So like when, when did it occur to you? When was the first time that you sort of saw that maybe your brain worked a little bit differently in this regard from other people's? Um. You know, I had a lot of trouble during my college years. That's sort of when things fell apart for me. But I didn't really realize um, that there was, you know, a diagnosis um, or something that could really explain it. You know, I just thought I was sort of different in the fact that I had a hard time reading and had a hard time focusing and didn't kind of know what I wanted to do for you know, my major and, um, and then when I got older, um, and had kids and got married, you know, I think that's when things really started for me when, when I could really see like, wait a second, I, I can't do 
like the typical easy things that people do. Like there are a lot of things that um, are hard that look like they should be really easy. Like, uh, you know, cooking a meal with more than five ingredients or, you know, packing for a vacation, that kind of thing that everybody just does. And for me, it just seemed really difficult. Um, and then, uh, and then one day I was in a, a doctor's office and saw a brochure and I, I looked at it and it was about ADHD and it, it was me. I, I couldn't believe it. Like it had, you know, the list of things that a lot of people with ADHD suffer from. And I had a lot of the things. So um, that was pretty eye opening for me to see that, that there was an explanation for why I had a lot of trouble doing things that were easy for most people. So was that a relief for you or how, how, how was that to it, see that there's this, there's a thing it's called a thing, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, it was a relief. And, um, but, but, it, but then it kind of quickly became a huh. Um, because I, um, talked to my doctor and he referred me to a psychiatrist to be evaluated. And she said, well, after my evaluation, she said, well, actually you can hyper-focus. So you're not ADHD and hyper-focusing is, is a trait of people with ADHD. So I didn't have good testing, but then about five years later, I was tested again with, um, proper testing and and it sure enough yeah i was um diagnosed at that point and it was a huge relief it was um it, it yeah it just just to have an explanation for why things were so difficult it was a relief um but it didn't you know it 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 doesn't really last because you still have all the the issues and the problems, you know, yeah, there's an explanation for it in the medical world, but it doesn't really make things easier. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think that's really common. It's like maybe initially there's a relief and it helps things make sense. And then sometimes people can start to feel really burdened by a diagnosis, you know, like, like they start to expect that it's always going to be this way or it starts to feel really personal. So it's kind of has that both effects. Yes, exactly. It does. And and I also found too that like I started discovering other things in my life that originally were not under like the umbrella of, oh, this is really hard for me. Um, and now that I had a more of a definition of what was going on, then other things sort of started appearing in my life. Oh, well, that's because of the ADHD that I do that. And yeah. And then it just gets bigger and bigger and um yeah. And then, yeah. And you just sort of, um, like it, it's not, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just not as, as a, much of a relief anymore because, um, it, the, it's almost like there's more in the way yeah. and, and then you have more talking about all of it in your head. So, yeah. So, so how did you cope with it, manage with it? Like in those early years, I mean, or anytime really, I mean, before or after the diagnosis, I, I know you've said that you used to be a list maker and, and I love, maybe you can say a bit about this because I love how you talked about um, how it, having ADHD for you anyway, a lot of the time felt like 
the train was leaving the station, you were like running behind it like all the time. <laughs> and I, I know that feeling. I think everyone can relate to that feeling, but it sounds like you, you felt that way a lot. So yeah, maybe say a little bit about how it how it kind of felt on a regular basis and then some of the things that you did to just kind of cope with it and manage your life. Um, wow. Well, it does, um, you know, or did really feel a lot like I just, you can never, I can never keep up, you know, especially, um, when my kids were little, I had three kids and five or six years and my husband traveled a lot and I was a stay at home mom for a number of years. And so I, it was up to me to kind of, you know, do everything and most things and, and uh, get things done. And um, yeah, it's just uh, things, things were never done. And um, I, yeah, I would make lists and, but you know, the thing about lists is you have to look at them to uh, see if you're keeping up with them. And that's not, wasn't always the case. Um, But yeah, it did, it kind of did feel like um, the train was leaving the station and I was, I'm always chasing that last car to jump on it. Um, And I I guess I, you know, you learn ways to sort of compensate, um, you know, like not making elaborate meals and um, just trying to, I don't know how to say, like keep things simple, even though um, maybe our inclination is to, to, make it bigger or more elaborate. It's like, or that's the way you're supposed to do it. You know, it's like, no, it doesn't, things don't necessarily have to be elaborate. They can be smaller and, um, and other people can help you. Like I had um, organizers, like professional organizers come and help me a number of times, um, especially one time in particular, um, which I think was even before I was diagnosed. Um, I had a woman come just to help me organize like all the kids stuff. It's just, you you can't people with ADHD a lot of times just can't make sense of a big pile of stuff. Like once it's given a home or a specific place or um, a category, then you know where it goes, but to kind of put it all together at first is, is hard. So I've used, like a professional organizer that have been helpful. Um, you know, um, you read books to come up with little ways to make things easier. Um, uh, yeah. It's so interesting. Cause even as you talk about those strategies, it's like, um, you know, I think we all know people who have so many things like that, that we just, that just don't click for us. And it doesn't, you know, and in, in your case, yes, there's this, this umbrella kind of term and there's, I'm sure a lot of these sort of traits and stuff like superpowers too, like things you're really good at that the average person isn't good at because of how your brain works and then things that don't come as easily for you because of how your brain works. And it, it's, I don't know how to say it, but it's just, it just strikes me as kind of interesting how 
Um, we all have some of those and I'm not equating my focus to your focus or anything, but it's like just in life in general, right? Like there are things I need to hire out and that other people don't need to hire out. But, but when it falls under this umbrella and then there's this kind of label for it, I can see how it could just start to really take on a, a life of its own, even though what you're saying essentially in a sense is, is kind of, kind of true for all of us to a greater or lesser degree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, you know, I think once you, like for me, once I had the diagnosis, as I said before, um, you start seeing that there are other things that fit under that umbrella. And it all of a sudden, you, you have a lot more, not only you're identifying things that are hard, or things that you can't do. Um, but you also have a lot more, um, like opinions about that, you know, it just yeah. makes your, your life that more difficult in terms of how you, you look at life, you know, it, you know, rather than have a few things that you struggle with, um, then all of a sudden you've got a few more. Well, that must mean that you're that much less normal, you know, you're, yes. you're that much different than most people. Um, and that the accumulation of that, um, over the years is, is really where a lot of the, the problems lie, you know, with, with getting through life is you just have a lot of, of thinking around all of that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, and I, I really can see that it's like, there's so many things around details and bookkeeping and things like that, that I just don't have the focus for, but it, but Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it, my mind doesn't tell a story about that because it isn't, it doesn't necessarily fall into something that people, that the world has told a story about, (laughs) you know, there's no, there's no name for that. It doesn't have all the associated stuff that comes with it. And so it's just like, okay, I suck at this. I need help period. But, but I hear what you're saying. It's like when there's a societal story and a label and an umbrella, I can see how your mind would then jump on board with that naturally, you know, and it starts to really take on a lot of weight. It does. And it, uh, all these things become problems when they really don't have to be problems. Like you said, you know, they, they can just be something that you deal with, but it doesn't have to be this big, huge problem. Yeah. So how is that piece kind of looked for you? I mean, it somewhere along the line and kind of just throughout, I guess, you know, that it, there, it was first, it was kind of a relief, things made sense. And then it maybe felt kind of heavy and like a burden and like, this is how I am and I'm different. Especially, I guess, since coming into this understanding that we share, how has some of that shifted? Um, well, so much has shifted. Um, so much. Uh, I think, um, the big one of the big things is, um, you know, a lo- I had a lot of opinions about myself and other people um, related to, you know, things that I thought were hard in my life and th- how I wasn't, um, how I was different from other people. And uh, those opinions, once I learned from this understanding that those opinions are, are 
made up, you know, they're my mind's way of trying to keep me safe and protect me. Um, but it's nothing that I have to pay attention to. And when that, when I started to realize that, um, in fact, like all of the thinking that, that, you know, we, we have people with ADHD have, um, very active minds. And, um, when you start to see that all of that thinking is not something that is helping me, it's not something that I need to pay attention to. It's not going to help me figure anything out. You know, it's just a mind doing what a mind does. And I have, you know, the greater intelligence of life to guide me rather than some made up stories that my mind has created. That's a total game changer. It, it, you know, it's, it's all of that narration in my head, all of a sudden it, it, it doesn't mean anything to me and my life. And when I really started to see that, um, yeah, it, it, it just changed everything, you know, and starting to see that the, that the future doesn't exist. We never get there. And, and so it doesn't make sense to worry about what's going to happen in the future because it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and same with the past, you know, the past is over. So I don't have to dwell on the things that I couldn't do before and expect that, well, I'm not going to be able to do this, uh, because I'll, I'll never be able to do it because of my ADHD. It's always going to be hard. Well, no, I, that's a story, you know, that my mind has made up. I, I can, maybe I can do that. Who knows? But I don't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking about it. You know, I'm just going to live my life. I can, I can live um, a life without having all of this chatter in my head, telling me, bombarding me with opinions about myself and other people. It's so huge, you know, and, and I, again, I think uh, everybody has so much chatter at times yeah. and that, that when we think we need to somehow sift through that and figure out what part of it is helpful and wise and what part isn't and all of that. Such a mess. Like we need to sort through the chatter and learn how to live. And then what I hear you saying is sometimes with ADHD, that's like just amplified so much more even. And so it's like that much harder, but to see what you're saying, like that you don't have to attend to that. It might be there, but it, it it isn't something else is living you. I mean, that's, that's huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I love that, that, that I can still have some opinions, you know, I can still have thoughts that about how I'm not keeping up, you know, I'm still going to have them, but I can, I don't need to pay any attention to them. And that, what a relief. What a relief. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of, I think, all of our suffering in any any part of life is this, this thought or belief that things somehow could be different than they are. You know, like you could, you, you could think differently. You could be better at some things than you are. Or like the way that we all just compare ourselves to other people or we say, this should have been faster. This should have been easier. I mean, 
like you're saying, this is just constantly what a mind is talking about. And it's such a joke. I mean, if you look at that, like how, how could things be different? You could not be different than you are. You could not function any differently. Neither could I, neither could anyone. And so to start to see that that's just what a mind is going to say, and that especially in your case, you know, where it's like so much of the suffering could come from, you know, how much easier things are for other people oh, to see through that just feels like a massive relief. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge relief. Um, it, it's it's and it's something that I would have never dreamed was possible or that it worked that way is really what I should say. You know, like I always thought you had to figure things out and I would ask friends and family members and whoever I could, um, you know, to help me figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life or, um, you know, figure out what I should do about an issue my kids were having. But really for me, um, you know, like, the the one that really is has always been a big one for me is what am I going to do with the rest of my life, you know? And because I've never really been on a one career path. And um to know that uh like why would somebody else's opinions, how could they possibly know better than me what I should do with the rest of my life? You know, like and and to know that yeah, I have within me all the answers, you know, the, the intelligence of life will, will guide me forward. And um, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is huge. It's so, it's so huge just even to see that um, so much of life is not about our intellect. Like, I don't know if you were raised that way. I mean, just, just, I think our whole generation, maybe still like our whole culture probably still points to that as if having a sharp intellect and being able to figure things out and all of that and being a hard worker, you know, some of these things that are just the values that were passed down. It's not that there's anything wrong with those things. They're great, but they, they were sold, I think to us as like, this is, this is what you need to make it in life. So when we're not, you know, when, when we see that we don't think or figure things out the way that some other people do, I mean, so much pressure would come from that. But, but what we're exploring is like, like what you're saying right now, like, no, that's our mind will just think and, and things just come to us and we, our path unfolds in front of us. I mean, most people don't really know what they want to do with their life or how to answer these big questions, but to see that we don't have to know that is just really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny, like, because I um, ended up, you know, when I was in college, I, I changed my major five times. And um, I ended up with a degree in dance, um, which is not, you know, um, anything that I have to use my, my brain for, um, well, to a certain degree. Um, yeah. Um, but it, but in retrospect, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, I, I don't think that was by accident. You know, it was sort of, to me, it looks like, um, you know, I did have a hard time reading chapters in for different classes and because I'd always just fall asleep. So dance was perfect because I didn't have to read very much to dance. And, um, and I think, 
it was an outlet for me to kind of get away from all of the the struggles and the feelings and all of that that goes with the ADHD. That's interesting now to see how, um, you know, I think that really was my, my true nature sort of finding a way to get me to do what I love to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, you naturally like wisdom just kind of worked that out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, and it does, it brings up the thing about just how, um, how applauded I get or how, how we're kind of made to fit in a mold a little bit. Like, like think about how your mind works. It's, there's nothing inherently problematic or wrong or even all that different. I bet it's just that it doesn't necessarily match perfectly with the way that society is structured. Like, you know, we see this really easily with kids. It's like, well, some kids just don't learn. A lot of kids, probably maybe a majority of kids, don't learn best in a traditional classroom. And now those kids are going to be called trouble kids. They're not trouble kids. It's just that that's not the environment in which they thrive. And if they weren't tried, you know, if we weren't trying to shove them and make them work within that environment, there'd be absolutely no problem at all. They'd go dance and they'd do art and they'd do whatever they're into. But, you know, they would just find their own way. So I don't know. I hope that that's changing. I don't know what you, how you felt about that, but hopefully we're starting to see that it's the, it's these molds are the problem, not the way that people think. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that's just the way it is in our culture. You know, there are other cultures that do things differently and they, they don't have a bunch of people diagnosed with ADHD running around, you know, like our, our, it, uh, it's, um, it just makes me sad and frustrated that the that our school system is structured in a way that um if you can't sit at a desk for long periods of of time you know you don't fit the mold and and they you know we try to squish you into the box to fit rather than have you learn the way that works best for you and which may not be it sitting at a desk in a classroom. Um, you know, I don't know if, you know, there's no easy answers for sure, but, um, but it is, it's just, it's society saying this is what we think is the best way to do things. And we're going to call that normal. And if you do it differently, you're, you don't fit in that category. So you, you know, you, you either change to, to make it work or suffer, you know? And yeah, yeah, it's, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we've had these labels and, you know, I think people really grab a hold. Some people really hold on to those labels and it doesn't do them any good. You know, it's not, it's not um, making life easier. Maybe, you know, initially, like for me, you know, just to have the diagnosis, but, but really it, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. Yeah, I I think I hope we're starting to wake up to that on a bigger scale. I think, you know, I think probably it's a reflection of how we've viewed mental health and mm-hmm. all of that for a really long time. And I do think and hope that's starting to shift. So it's like as we see that we aren't any of these labels, hopefully, yeah, hopefully changes will happen in a bigger sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think like I've seen it in um in our schools and with my kids that, um, you know, I think 
at least in with young people. And I think most people, you know, there's people are more aware. We, we know more about mental health issues and learning issues and people talk a lot more freely about it now. Um, you know, we're, I think we're gaining a little ground, but there's still, still a long ways to go. Yeah. So how I know, um, anxiety was something that you kind of struggled with a little bit off and on as well. How, how, um, how did that kind of tie into the ADHD if it did at all? Um, yeah, I, I had, um, a lot of anxiety and panic attacks, um, up until I learned about this understanding and I realized not too long ago that, um, my panic attack, my, I, the first time I can remember having a panic attack was in eighth grade and the teacher called on me and I was totally spacing out, not paying attention, um, as I would do at times. And I couldn't answer. And he just, you know, kind of kept pushing me and everybody laughed and it was just this, you know, horrible situation. And I felt terrible. And um, I started to realize, you know, as I got older and I would have these peri- um, panic attacks periodically, and I started to identify kind of what the triggers were or what situations I would be in when they would typically happen. And I discovered that um, a lot of the time it was in a, in a cl- sort of in a school or a classroom setting or something with like the fluorescent lights. And, um, and it, it kept me from um, doing those sorts of things, you know, like I, um, I, it kept me from, uh, you know, applying for jobs where I thought I might be in a situation like that. And, and it, it also made me, um, I think I was able to see that it was probably related to the fact that I um didn't want to speak in front of people. You know, I, I'm fine one-on-one, but I didn't want to speak publicly or uh, in front of a group or be called on in any way. Um, because that, you know, I think related back to that, that first situation where I can see now where my brain probably thought, whoa, this is a really dangerous situation. I don't want you to be in this anymore. We're not going to let this happen again. So I think I just naturally um, shied away from situations or events where I thought that I might have a a panic attack. Um, And then when I started to learn this understanding, I learned that I could just really see clearly that since there's no future, I don't have to spend time like worrying about having a panic attack or what might happen to me if I go into this building or should I do that? Should I not do this? Because it was all irrelevant. If, if there was no future, why would I have to protect myself from it? If I, you know, I didn't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen. Um, And then I also started to see the thinking around that and the physical feelings that I would have um, and how the, you know, the physical, the tension I would feel um, and how that would sort of make me in my head think, oh, 
here it is. There's that feeling again. Um, I might have a panic attack, but when I learned, you know, had a really started to get this understanding, my, my panic attacks just stopped, but I would still occasionally have sort of that physical response or tense feeling and I could see it, but it didn't, it didn't concern me because it, I knew it was just a feeling and it couldn't hurt me. And I, and then it would just go away. So that was really cool to see how, um, you know, when you really don't give the feelings or the thoughts a lot of attention um, and try to resist them, they move through a lot faster. And, um, and there's just it, that, like that, the, the fear of it all just really kind of dissolves, which is yeah. That's so cool. And I, you know, in our, in our coach training, uh, it, it's come up a lot with where people say a similar thing, their own version of it, right? Where it's like, I feel, I feel all this energy when I get called on or when I share or after I share, you know, whatever, there's a million versions of it, I guess. But I love what you're, how you're kind of pointing it back to just feeling that energy and the resistance. Like, of course, you're in eighth grade, everyone's looking, you feel that energy and right, right, right away, your mind says, no, this is not okay. And, mm-hmm. and then, and then life goes on, but that gets remembered on some level. So, you know, like to kind of reclaim that in a sense, to be able to say, hey, people are looking at me. I don't always know what to say and it's fine. And I'm going to feel this energy and I can be with this energy. Like I can just feel as you talk about it, all that resistance start to start to move away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another piece of that is that um, when you're in those situations where there are other people around and you, you know, feel like they're watching you and they're judging you and they're, they have opinions about you. Um, And that was always the part that I didn't like at all. And to know now that I have no idea what they're thinking and they really could be thinking about what's for supper tonight, you know, and not about me. And I have no control over what they're thinking and what I do doesn't make them think a certain way. Yeah. Sort of took a lot of pressure off too. It's like everybody has their own reality, you know, another person, the person who is watching me has a completely different reality than my reality. And what I think they're thinking is totally made up. So, so I don't do that anymore. You know, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, you're really clear on that. Like, there's no future. Like, why would I think that I know what's going to happen? How do I think that? Why would I think I know what other people are thinking? And I think that's the kind of stuff that we all, we all on some level know what you're saying. We, We know that worry doesn't make sense. And we know that we don't know what other people are thinking, but I can really hear it in what you're saying that you've just seen that. It just is kind of obvious on some level. And it's cool to see that, yeah, things just open up and shift and panic attacks stop and all kinds of stuff that, you didn't have to make those things happen, but you really have seen what you're saying. And that's kind of made way for those things to happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah. And I didn't really, I just am still amazed that it was even possible to quiet my thinking and the the chatter in my head enough um, to, 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 you know, hear 
my own wisdom and and to 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 just believe and see, like really see how it works and it do, like it doesn't work the way that we've always thought it worked for pretty much our whole lives you know that we need to pay attention to that thinking and and those opinions um we just it it just kind of blew me away to to start to experience what happens when you don't try to figure things out and you just let life happen yeah that's huge does it feel like um like your mind has kind of just stopped talking so much or does it feel more like maybe it's all of this or does it feel more like it's tries to be there in the same way but you just don't pay as much attention or how would you describe that um it has quieted down um, an awful lot um a whole lot i um I, I, it used to seem to me like in my head, there were bumper cars just going all the time and, you know, different ideas and thoughts and opinions in each bumper car, you know? Um, and then when I started to, um, get more grounded in this, um, there were, it's like there were fewer bumper cars and less, less bumping. It was just sort of a more, um, easier flowing kind of thing. So there's less of it. There's less opinions. Um, and it's a, been a gradual thing for sure. Um, but it's, you know, the more you see it, the more you see it in terms of the change and the, the quietness of it. Um, I, I'll just give a quick story where I went to, a um, a gathering sort of a party recently. And, um, these are with people that I've known a long time, but I just don't see that often. And I w- went by myself and I, as I started to walk towards the house, I, you know, thought, Oh, you know, this could be, I could get some anxiety with this. And cause I used to, you know, I would used to have a lot of thinking and, um, get anxious about going to something like that. Um, but I only had that thought for a short time. And I had a great time. Um, and I really, it was so nice to just really sit down and talk to some of these people I haven't seen in a while. Um, and I realized the next day, that it just occurred to me that that I had heard everything everybody said. And that's some that's a thought that has never occurred to me before, to be in a social situation where I really heard what people were saying rather than hearing the narration in my head about them, about me, what it all means. Um, what do I look like? Am I making a fool of myself? Should I say this? Should I not say this? Oh, why did I say that? Um, it just that it just was quiet in my head. There were a few times where I remember, um, you know, like I had this a pit thought of my, I had formed an, an opinion about somebody or something, you know, that happened a couple of times. And it was so noticeable to me because my mind had been so quiet and it, you know, it sort of stood out. Yeah. So that was really, really cool. And, and to realize the next day also that I didn't have a lot of follow-up narration that night afterwards or the next day, whereas before I would have had to, you know, had a lot of thinking about, you know, how did I do it? Or what is, um, what did they think? Or what, what do I think about such and such and so and so, you know, that it just wasn't, 
it wasn't there. But, you know, and that's um, not to say that I have a clear head all the time because I certainly don't. Um, I, I, I have, um, I still, you know, I seem to kind of grab on to some topics and will have a lot of thought about them. But, uh, you know, in my sort of day to day, but I still only see them as, um, you know, thinking that's there and that I don't really, you know, at times I will sort of get drawn into it. But, you know, I also can at some point see that it's that it's just my mind chatting and I don't I don't need to pay attention. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, really, it is. It's like the more you see. It sounds like for you, like stemming from really seeing like, wow, I don't need this. All this chatter isn't, isn't where I'm going to, how I'm going to make sense of life. It's just there. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how, yeah, it just starts to fall away because it just is not, I don't know. It's just seemed to be not really relevant. Yeah. 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 It's, it, um, it, I love how that works. You know, it's not, I, I don't do anything, you know, there's nothing to do, but when you start to see it, um, you know, the chatter calm down, it just becomes, there's continues to be sort of less of it. Yeah. What do you see around, cause you're a coach and I know you work with, um, with young adults and with people with it, different points in their life, you know, making career decisions, all kinds of different things and, and, um, and around some ADHD and things like that. And I'm just curious what you see as kind of the most, I mean, I don't know if this is the best way to phrase it, but like, like where is the most leverage for someone in this understanding who's struggling with ADHD? Because I know there's a lot of support people get and, and it's all, you know, it can all be really helpful in terms of ways to manage your life and ways, strategies and things like that. But what do you think is kind of most important for people to see? Um, I think it's really, um, when you when you stop believing that there's something wrong with you you it just opens up everything you know it 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 you have so much more available to you because you're not focused on what you you know what is supposedly wrong with you yeah it, yeah it's it's yeah seeing that um all these labels are just labels and yeah they define they have a definition that goes with them and you know you, it plays a role in your life but it doesn't have to be a problem and it doesn't you know a, the diagnosis doesn't necessarily have to make your life really difficult you can there's other ways to look at it you know we're so used to looking at these diagnoses in in a way that is um how they're defined and and how like crippling they can be in some ways but there's other ways to look at them you know it, in that like anxiety is really yeah it's it's it can it it can be um it can disrupt your life, but it doesn't have to, you know, it, it is just a, it's a feeling and it's, we get this, you know, some of us have physical sensations and 
probably a story to go with it. And but we don't look at it from that perspective. We're so used to looking at it as this horrible thing that that is going to cause us to not be able to do the things we want to do in our lives and um, just get worse over time and that kind of thing. But, you know, there are lots of different ways to look at how we live our life. And um, it, it, when you look at it in a, from this understanding, yeah, you really see like it doesn't have, life doesn't have to be so hard. Yeah. And I love that it, it's, it's accepting of what's happening, but like you're saying, seeing it from a much wider lens rather than, again, not that there's anything wrong with this as well, but rather than kind of strategies or skills for how to manage a busy mind that takes you right into the busy mind and puts so much focus there. And then it's like you're trying to wrangle something that is already really busy. And so again, there might be a time and place for some of that, but what you're saying just feels so different and so much just bigger and wider. Yeah. And, and when, um, when you look at it from that perspective and, and your mind does start to quiet down a little bit, then those things that seem hard um, don't seem quite as hard because you don't have the tension of that busy mind nagging at you all the time. And, and you can, you have, there's room for fresh ideas of, you know, there might be an easier way to do something. Um, there might be, um, you might be more motivated to do something when you don't have your mind constantly telling you, you know, this is hard for you. You can't do this. And this, we've been here before and this isn't going to go well, you know, like, it's hard to find some motivation when you're beating yourself down. You, you. So yeah. um, when you stop that a little bit, you, you it frees you up to do some new things. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love just thinking that there really are no mistakes and there's no, there's no brokenness and there's no accident. And we just, we just get so pushed into this way of seeing things as right or wrong or healthy or unhealthy or normal or abnormal, like you said earlier. And it's like, if we can just back up and see, it, it, you, couldn't ha- you couldn't function any differently than how you do before and now and all the time. And me neither, and none of us can. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it just is like, oh, okay. So if this isn't a problem, then what? And that's what, that's, that's, what you're pointing toward and it just feels so expansive. It does. That's so exciting. Yeah. Like then what? The whole there's the whole world out there that Yeah. Yeah. That is waiting for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well thank you so much for sharing this, Lisa. I think uh as you know, I'm a lot of people are looking for this information and there just isn't a lot of conversation about this, at least from this perspective out there. So I'm I'm really grateful that you came on and shared and that you're wanting to talk with people about this. I think it's just going to be so helpful. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thanks for giving me this opportunity. Um, I, I hope that um, people will get something out of it and see that, yeah, it doesn't have to be so hard and you're not broken. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to experience your own transformation and also learn how to facilitate transformation for others, check out the newly improved and expanded Change Coach Self-Study course. 
The self-study course is an excellent way to see a ton yourself and also learn how to share this with others. The self-study course is so complete and so amazing that we offer a money-back guarantee if you're not satisfied for any reason. You can check it out at dramyjohnson.com slash changecoachtraining, the home study course. And that link is also in the show notes.